Hey, Pastor Ben and Annalise and everybody at City Hope Church. This is Dan King with Children's Cup and Ark. We just want you to know how excited we are for you guys turning five as a church. Five is such a big deal. We honor you and your heart to help people get to heaven. We're grateful for your partnership and giving people hope, kids around the world, kids in Mexico, and right there in Wichita Falls, so many lives being changed because of City Hope Church. So from all of us at Children's Cup and Ark, congratulations, happy fifth birthday. at church today. Anybody glad to be in God's house? Come on, let's give Jesus all the praise. He's worthy of it. Amen. Yeah, I'm so glad you're with us today. We're in, we're in part three of a series we're calling Pray First, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But like I always do, I want to look through the camera and just welcome everybody who's on the other side. I know that um, it's cold here in Wichita Falls, and some of you may be at home today, or you're watching later on in the week, replaying it, or you're, you're uh, podcasting it, however you're watching or being a part of it. We want to say we're honored that you're part of our church family, and there's a room full of people this morning that want to welcome you. So come on, church, one more time. Let's just put our hands together. And let's welcome everybody on the other side. We're glad you're with us. Yeah, um, we're in a really cool season right now, and you've heard a little bit about it already a couple of times. It's a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it's been an amazing season. In fact, this is our last week. We have uh, until next Saturday, so about seven more days of uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's been incredible. And maybe you haven't heard of it. Maybe you haven't tried it yet. Maybe you've been trying to figure out how can you, how can you make it work. And so I want to encourage you, take this last week and just go all in with it. I mean, just uh, push some stuff back. Uh, push the plate away. Give some things up. And if there's just no way that you can be here during the week, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., then come on Saturday. Saturday's our last. It's our last um, day of 21 days of prayer. And it is the finale. And there's no other part of 21 days of prayer like Saturday is. And so if, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It's powerful and it's life-changing. So we'd love to see you there. And then, of course, uh, the fast ends, actually. The fast ends at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. We just, um, and, and we will go straight to the pancake festival right after that. All you can eat pancakes and sausage. Come on, somebody. It's just an incredible. I love it. I love it. It's just become a tradition for me. Probably not the best way to end a fast, but <laughs> love it. But right on the hills of that Saturday, so next Sunday, you heard about it earlier, we turn five years old next Sunday. Five years old. Five years old. And it's, it's just amazing what God has done. We give him all the glory for what he's done here. We started in McNeil Middle School, and now we are here at this, at this location. And we're running out of space, if we're honest with you. Um, it's, it's just amazing what God is doing here. We love to celebrate. And so bring your friends next week uh, and, and maybe consider uh, there's a little bit of space in the nine. There's a little bit more space in the 1230. And in that service, you get to sleep in and... And eat lunch before you even come to that service, all right? And so it's pretty, pretty awesome. And if you come to that service, you'll notice that people are still late to the 1230. I'm like, how are you late to 1230? It's 1230. 
So, um, so that's next Sunday. And, and then uh, I wanna tell you two weeks from today, we're kicking off a brand new series. You've heard me maybe drip it a little bit, uh, kind of talk about it, mention it in a couple series. Along the way, I sent a letter out around Christmas time. It's a heart, it's a, a series called, um, it's my screen's not working. It's a series called My Screen Is Not Working. There we go, I'm just gonna do that. It's a series called Heart for the House. And what we're doing with Heart for the House is it's, it's a time for us to just galvanize around a vision. And what we're gonna do, we're praying for favor, for unity, for wisdom, because we're gonna go on a three-year spiritual journey. And part of that spiritual journey is to set aside and, and to give $4 million over a three-year period so we can purchase property or a building somewhere that will become the home of City Hope Church for decades to come. Because, hey, everybody, we're, we're running out of space. We're running out of space. Some of you know it because if you were in this service two weeks ago, two weeks ago, the first Sunday of the year, we had more than 2,000 people come to church in one Sunday service, one, one three services. This service, there's 750 chairs in this room. That service, 1045, there were 792 people in the room, all right? Just like in overflow, out in the balcony, all over the place. And so we're just, we wanna steward what God's doing here and we wanna keep making room for people because it's all about the people who aren't here yet, the people who are lost and broken and need Jesus, amen, everybody? And so we're gonna galvanize around this series called Heart for the House. And, and so, yes, thank God it's working now, all right. Um, so that's coming in two weeks, and I'm excited to tell you more about that. But we're, um, we're, we're talking today, part three of the series that we're in called Pray First. And, and over the last few weeks, we've, we've talked about how um, in week one, we, we, what we do it is first. We give God the first. We give him the first of our day, our week, our month, our year. We're going we're gonna to make sure that he gets the first of every part of our lives. Last week, last week... So the first week, there was over 2,000 people at church. Last week, it was cold, and 600 of you decided you're going to stay home. And uh, <laughs> along the uh, three-day weekend, too. We get it. We get it. But, uh, but it was just funny to see the numbers drop from uh, 600 people, literally. Uh, and so it was uh, Pastor Caleb brought a message on the tabernacle prayer. And if you were here, you know how powerful it was, just a teaching on how to pray through the tabernacle of Moses. Next week is about don't give up. Don't stop praying. Keep on praying. But today we're going to talk about the prayer of Jabez. That's the prayer of Jabez. And if, has anybody ever heard of Jabez before? Um, there was a book written about Jabez years ago. My mom gave it to me. It's a really small book about the prayer that he prayed in the Old Testament. But he's an, he's an obscure person. In the Old Testament, the book of Chronicles, like Chronicles, the first part of it, First Chronicles, it kind of rivals numbers, you know, like Leviticus, where you're just kind of like, okay, when are we going to get to the good stuff, right? And, it, you know, you might read it to fall asleep at night. First Chronicles is like that. It is chapter after chapter of so-and-so begat so-and-so. And, and then they gave birth to so-and-so, and then they gave birth to so-and-so. It's like, uh, this is his daddy, his daddy, his daddy, his daddy, his daddy, all the way down, 600 names for several chapters. And right in the middle of these 600 chapters, God gives an honorable mention to a man named Jabez. And, and it tells us the prayer that Jabez prayed. It's First Chronicles chapter 4, 
Verse 9 through 10, it says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So this is in the middle of all of these names. God mentions him. He's more honorable than all of his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And we don't know why she named him pain. We don't know if, like, she was in pain. Like, we know childbirth's painful anyway. Was it a more painful than normal childbirth? Was, was he a pain? Come on, somebody. Like, what did he... Or, or maybe did he have a handicap? And so she named him pain because he had some sort of uh, 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 issue or, or handicap with his body. We don't know why she named him pain, but I thought about this. This is the way I think when I read the Bible. I thought about how bad did Jabez's brothers have to be for his mom to name him pain and he was still more honorable than they were. Y'all follow me? Like, she gave him the name Pain, and he's more honorable than his brothers. How bad are they? I mean, they must be some bad guys, right? Imagine you named your kid Pain, right? I've got four boys. Hey, I want to introduce you to Garrett, Gavin, Gideon, Gibson, and this is Pain. <laughs> Playground torture, right? I mean, imagine he goes to the Air Force, he becomes Major Pain. Goes to medical school, becomes Dr. Payne. It's just not a good setup for him as a doctor. It's just not going to work, right? And so he's got some odds stacked against him. And, and, and here's the thing I think about with pain is that a lot of you are familiar with pain. You know pain. In fact, you've been labeled by pain. You've been labeled by something in your life that happened to you. And maybe you're carrying an identity in your life that's not who you are. It's not who God's called you to be. You've been labeled by divorce. You've been labeled by by your past, you've been labeled by bankruptcy or you've been labeled by addiction or fear or, or maybe some of the things that you've experienced along the way, it's labeled you. And so I, I think what kind of prayer would Jabez pray? If his name is pain and he has pain in his life, like many of us, what kind of prayer would he pray? For most of us, we would pray, God, would you just help us with our pain? Lord, would you just take care of my pain? And we focus on the pain. But I want you to notice that Jabez doesn't do that. He prays, he cries out to God, the God of Israel, and he says, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory and let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. So in the first several verses, he doesn't even mention pain. And he says, if you'll do this, God, if you'll answer these prayers, if you'll bless me, enlarge my territory, if you will be with me and, and protect me, it'll free me from my pain. See, I think a lot of us, we spend too much time praying about our past and our pain. Yeah. Oh, I was guilty of it. I did it for years. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, set me free. I'm tired of doing this, God. I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to do this. I don't, set me free. Do this. Free me from my pain, my past. And, and, and there's, not a, there's no problem with doing that, but here, here's the issue is that there's something better than that that you can pray about. You don't have to just focus on your past and your pain. You can pray about your future, everybody. You can pray about what God wants to do in your life. And the problem with so many of us is that we focus on the problem. And the problem is not really the problem. The problem is you don't have anything bigger than the problem to pray about. You don't have anything bigger than the problem to focus on. You don't have anything bigger than the problem to, to talk to God about. You need God in your life. Right? And so... What kind of prayer would you pray? Well, he didn't focus on his pain. 
He didn't focus on everything that was going wrong and how bad things were. He simply asked God for what God wanted to do in him. God, would you bless me? How many of you believe that God wants to bless you? Would you, would you enlarge my territory? God wants to do that. And he asked God for the things that God wanted to do. And check this out. God granted his request. What if you could pray a prayer that God would love to answer? What if you could pray the kind of prayer that would get God's attention? I want to propose to you today that God loves to answer the kind of prayers that he wants to see happen in your life. Not just about our pain, not just about our past. And so here's the question of the day for us is what kind of prayer should I pray when I'm in pain? When I'm, when, what, what, what should I pray? What should I talk to God about? What should I do? And I want to give you four, four little things that Jabez mentions in his, in his prayer. We're going to go through it step by step. I'm going to show you what he, what he prayed and then what, what it means and then how do we do it, Okay. What was the prayer he prayed? What, what did he ask God for? And then how do we do it? How can we pray like that? And so it all began with this. Jabez said, Lord, would you bless me? And if you're a King James fan, it's bless me indeed. It adds that indeed. It's like, God, I need a show enough blessing. Y'all, anybody need a show enough blessing? Y'all know the show enough? Uh, show enough, need him to show up, right? I need him. I need a blessing. And, and I think for a lot of us, we're afraid to ask God for a blessing. We feel like it, it, it kind of maybe uh, aggravates God or, or it's just not the Christian thing to do to ask God to bless us. But I, I want to I challenge you today that it's actually one of, the, one of the prayers God would love to answer for you is to pray for blessing. And you have to believe that God wants to bless you. He wants to pour out his favor in you. He wants to be good to you. He wants to do good to you. In fact... Uh, Psalm 5 says, surely the Lord, you bless the righteous. You bless people who are chasing after you. You bless people who are running after you. Surround them with your favor as with a shield. Isaac did this in Genesis 26. Isaac sowed in the land and he reaped the same year a hundredfold. Well, guess what? He wouldn't have reaped anything if he hadn't sown anything. And so God had blessed him, and he decided, I'm not just going to keep it to myself. So he sowed it, and the Lord blessed him. But watch what happens. The man, Isaac, he began to prosper because God was blessing him. He prospered, and he continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. Uh, Pastor Ben, that just sounds like you one of them prosperity gospel preachers. Yeah, you don't even know we got a gold chair behind the stage over here. I go back there. Prosperity. I have a parking spot right up front. I'm kidding. Neither one of those happen. Because it's not the prosperity you're thinking about. It's not what you've seen or what you've heard from somebody else. The prosperity I'm talking about is, is the word gadol. It's a Hebrew word gadol. And it literally means this, to, to grow, which is our word for the year as a church. We're going to grow. It means to become great, important, to promote, to make powerful and to do great things. So in other words, to prosper you means this, this is as far as you can go, but God comes up behind you and pushes you forward. That's prosperity. Uh, God, I need your blessing in my life. This is, um, this is as good a husband as I could be, but God comes up behind me and he pushes me forward. And I don't know anybody in this room who wouldn't want that for your life. 
I don't know anybody who wouldn't want that for your marriage, for your home, for your family, for your business, for your finances, to just have God come up behind you and push you forward. It, I, I, I want that. I need it in my life to do what God's called me to do. And by the way, it's not just financial. So you got to get that out of your head. God wants to prosper you in the fruit of the Spirit with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. He wants to produce gifts of the Spirit inside of you, prophecy and words of knowledge and, and tongues and, and giving and all of these different things. He wants to prosper you in those areas. He wants to push you forward. So much so that one of his disciples in 3 John said, I'm praying that you may prosper in all things. He wants to push you forward in every area of your life. To prosper you in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So what is prosperity? Okay, what's this prosperity you're talking about, Pastor? It is this. In your notes, it's having more than I need so that I can make an eternal difference in the lives of of other people. That's what it's about. God doesn't just give to me to just meet my own needs. I'm asking you, God, would you give me more, more than I really need? And I'm not going to hold on to it, but I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to make an eternal difference. I'm going to use it to help people come to know Jesus Christ. Amen, everybody? So why do you need this prosperity in your life? Well, it's because of this. If, if all you ever do is pray about your needs then what can you do for anybody else? Let me say it again. If all you ever do is pray for your own needs, then how can you ever be a blessing to anybody else? So you ask God, give me more so that I can be a blessing to the people around me. This is what God told Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. It begins with, I'm going to bless you, and what you're going to do is be a blessing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you more than you need, Abraham, so that you'll be a blessing to people around you. And we've just made up our minds as a church that this is the way we're going we're gonna to live, we're going to operate. We, we don't spend every dollar that comes in. We, we, we budget, we have margins, and we have, we have um, uh, uh, some parameters and boundaries. We don't want to spend every dollar that comes in because we know we have a calling to be a blessing to people outside of the walls of the church. We know that. And so we, we choose that we're, we're going to move at the pace of generosity is what we're going to do. And so from day one, we decided we didn't want to be the kind of church that just says, oh, we're just trying to pay the electric bill. You know, we, if y'all give an the offering, we can turn the heat on for you. No, 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 we're, no, no. We're, we're beyond that. That's not who we are. It's not what we're about. We exist to make a difference in the lives of people outside of the walls of this church. And God's looking for somebody to give through because he knows if he, can get it to, if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. He just, just would you be a blessing? Would you be a blessing to somebody else? So here's how you pray it. You say, God, give me more than I need. And again, I know you might feel guilty praying this, but I've, I've just decided this year I'm going to pray this prayer every day. I'm going to pray it every day because I need God's blessing more than I've ever needed before. I need his power in my life more than I've ever needed it. Give me more so that I can be a blessing to the world around me. And, and you see the reason why. I'm not saying give me more so I can, I can have that new thing. Give me more so I can be a blessing. Now, Jabez prays that and then he immediately says, okay, God, if you bless me, I'm asking you to enlarge my territory. Lord, would you bless me and then enlarge my territory? 
And that seems kind of weird for us to pray that today, but here's what it means. If God gives you more than you need, you're going to need somewhere to put it. You're going to need somewhere to invest it. You're going to need someone to, to, to bless. And for some of us in the room today, your world is too small. It's just us four no more, brother. <laughs> Pastor Ben, we've got to do for me and mine. I just ain't got it. It's, but I'm, I'm encouraging you to get your eyes off of me and mine and look up at a world that needs help, a world that needs somebody to, to come alongside of them. Amen, everybody? God wants your world to be enlarged. He want, and here's how you pray it. God, give me influence. Give me influence with people. We prayed this before we were ever a church, before we moved to, to, uh, to Texas, before we ever had our first service, we were praying things like this. God, give us favor with government officials. Give us favor with people in, in high-ranking uh, positions in Wichita Falls. Give us favor with people. And here's a prayer I prayed. Lord, I pray that you won't let anyone be able to say no to us. Lord, open up the doors and cause everyone to say yes. And, and I'm telling you, God did it in ways that would blow your mind. It seemed like everywhere we would go, it was, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, we, we'd love to do that. We'll, yeah, we'll bless you. Yeah, we'd love to be a part of that. We, we went downtown to, to, um, to the farmer's market. We're going to give stuff away and just try to tell people about City Hope. We're starting this new church. And, and they said, of course, yeah, yeah, you, you can do that. God had given us favor with the, with, with the person, right? We, we had our first startup party. It was where we were trying to get people interested in the church, and we reached out to a coffee shop downtown, 8th Street Coffee Shop, and said, hey, we'd love to have an event after church and, or, or after business hours, and, and could we host it here? And, and, and she said yes, and we told her what we wanted. Here's the things we'll do. We'll pay for it all, and at the end of the night, she said, I got it. You don't worry about it. Yes. Yes. It's favor. It's favor. And this is what God wants, to give you influence with people. Now, here's a scary word for influence. It's scary because you're not going to see yourself as this at first because you've kind of made up your mind that you're not this. But here's the word. The word for influence is minister. God's called you to be a minister. Everyone in this room is a minister. Like it or not, there's no delineation. There's no difference between me and you. We're all in this together. We're ministers. We're co we're, we're, we're co-laborers in the cause of Jesus Christ. And 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 you're can I just tell you today you're not a congregant. Uh, yes, I'm I'm a member of the congregation over at City Hope. Hallelujah. Right? You're not a congregant, you're you're not a parishioner. Oh, I belong to the parish uh, City Hope. You're not a parishioner, you're not you're not the laity. If you've heard these words before, they're, they're made up words. The church made them up years ago. I don't even know how long ago. They made up words to, to make, a, make a, a difference between the minister who's the clergy. That's what I have to select on my taxes, clergy. Who are the clergy? And then all of the poor lost souls who just are the laity. No, 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 no. That's dumb. We're ministers. You and I are ministers. We're ministers. Both of us. I see people in town, they'll go, 
Hey, I want you, I want to introduce you to my preacher. I'm, but I'm not your preacher. You're the preacher too. You're the minister too. God's working through you. So what's this word ministry? It's living out my faith for the benefit of people around me, Amen. benefit of others. Everywhere I go, I'm a minister. I'm a 10 at something. I'm called. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. God's working in my life. There's something more that he has for me. And I'm telling you, you have something to offer people around you. And if you're looking for a way to minister, let me tell you, one of the best ways you can minister is to lead a group. Is to lead a group. And I know you probably think, man, I, there's no way I can't do that. I can't lead a group. But this is the year we said we're going to grow. This is the year we're going to dig deep roots. And if you want to grow, one of the best ways you can grow is by leading other people in the way you want to grow. And so you lead a group. You, and, and leading a group is not hard. We launch small groups next Sunday. And leading a group is all you do is you take something you're already doing. You like to run, invite other people to run with you. You like to work out, invite other people to join you at the gym. You like, you like to do a Bible study, do the Bible study. Invite other people to be a part of that. And then, and then do four things. Encourage, give scripture, pray, give some next steps. Boom, you're a small group leader. You're trained, you're ready to go. And, and here's what I told Pastor Derek this week. I said, I said, Pastor Derek, he's our small group pastor. I said, I am not concerned about the how, how many groups we have this semester. I'm not concerned with quantity. I want quality. I want quality leaders. I want people who are ready to take it, that they're ready to grow. They're ready to step into a new, a new place, ready to lead, because here's what I believe. If we ever want to have quantity, we need to have quality first. We need to have some leaders who say, sign me up. I'm ready to, I'm ready to walk with somebody. I'm ready to lead some people. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to take off the mask with some people. And so this is one of the best ways you could do it. And the most miserable, pe miserable people I know are actually the ones who, who just make their life all about them. Because it's, nothing's ever good enough. I'm always in need. I'm always this, that. And, and when you get around other people, I'm telling you, it, it's a game changer. Because God has more for you. You have to understand that God has more for you. He wants to bless you. And he has more for you. In Ephesians, Paul says, to him who is able to do immeasurably more. So he can do way more than we ask, think, or imagine according to his power. Well, what's the power? It's the Spirit of God. That's how he can do more in your life is through the Spirit of God. Well, what does it look like for the Spirit of God to be poured out? Some people would say it looks like what God's doing at City Hope. And I think, I think they're right about that. I think it's partly true that What's happening here absolutely is 100% of God, but there's more to it. There's more that God wants to do. And in Acts, it says that in the last days, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to know the spirit is poured out when your sons and daughters prophesy and your, your young men see visions and your old men dreams dream. They dream dreams. And so if I could simplify it this way, what does it look like for the Spirit of God to be poured out? It looks like dreams and visions. It, it looks, in the last days, it's going like, to look like people saying, you know, I really feel like the Lord is leading me to do. I just, in my prayer time, I heard God say, you know, I'm, I really have a burden for, and what is that? It's a dream that God's putting in their heart. 
Can I tell you today, I'm standing in the middle of a dream. This is a dream I had in 2007 to plant a church. And God has blown my mind. It's a dream that didn't come true for a long time, 12 years. It's a dream that God put in my heart, but I'm standing in, in the middle of today. Let me, I'll give you a couple other dreams that I've heard about lately. Dreams of people in our church. Uh, I was talking to Russ a couple weeks ago. We're in the lobby. Russ is getting ready for retirement. He's not an old guy, but he's getting ready for retirement. And, and he, he would probably be in this, he, he's an older guy getting ready for retirement. He's dreaming dreams, all right? And so what's happening is he's trying to figure out, what, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What are you calling me to do? What's next for me? And he's, he has this interest in woodworking. So he starts working with wood. And then he, he, uh, he notices that people on social media are always people from our church. They're posting about, hey, does anybody have a dresser, a, um, a bed, a, any, any furniture, anything like that? Because we're trying to bless a family. And he noticed that, and he had this thought, well, well, since I like woodworking, since I enjoy that, what would it look like if, if I just bought some used furniture and refinished it, and, and we helped give that to people in need? Like, wow. And then he said, my wife and I were on our way to pick up a dresser. And as we're driving, I hadn't told my wife what the Lord had spoken to me, but on my way to pick up this dresser, my wife says, you know, I had this thought. What if... We purchased furniture and redid it so that we could be a blessing to people in need. What was that? That's a dream. That's God putting visions and dreams into people's hearts. Come on, somebody. That's, 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 what, that's God pouring out his spirit on, on us. You say, well, yeah, but I mean, you, what's the chances of, I mean, sure, they just, they just had the same thought, whatever. But then I thought, about, I thought about George and Morris and Larry, how you know, every Saturday, the first Saturday of every month, we set up a grill on the corner of Martin Luther King and 7th Street. We grill hundreds of burgers. We often run out of burgers. We have a team, dozens of people out there every month, the first Saturday, being a blessing to, to those who are in need. And these men had this vision, what if, we could, what, if we had a, what if we could do this same thing over on 9th Street across from Dollar General? There's people over there who need, need to hear the love of of Jesus Christ. What if we could do that? But the problem is we only have one grill. The church only has one toe behind grill and it's, it's a great grill, but how do you do that unless we have another grill? And so what they did was they didn't come to the church and say, we had this idea you th we think you should do. No, what they did was they built from scratch a toe behind grill in their shops. They, they, didn't, they didn't ask anybody else to pay for stuff they paid for it all themselves and they built this incredible toe behind grill that got used the first Saturday of this month and it fed 500 people come on somebody that grill is gonna feed thousands of people for years and years and years to come why because somebody had a dream let's let's live beyond ourselves I, th I think about a man named Jim who has been coming to our church and, and he mows yards, and he was mowing yards over on, on the eastern side of Wichita Falls. And he noticed that there's, there's an elderly man there. His name is Willie. He's a veteran. And Willie's house was in disrepair. Windows needed to be replaced. HVAC wasn't working. It was in bad shape. And so Jim has this idea. What if, 
what if we could just replace some of these windows? We could just help him out a little bit. And so he goes to Home Depot, and he doesn't know it at the time, but the manager of Home Depot also came to church here, Mike Menudo. They have since moved to, to South Carolina, and, and he's managing a store there, but he and Mike begin to dream. And they weren't able to just take care of three windows. They replaced every window, every door, new carpet, new paint, repaired the HVAC system, all kinds of stuff because a man had a dream. Well, God gave him that dream. God put that in his heart, everybody. Put that vision in his heart. I think about Jill, who heard of a single mom who needed a place to stay, moving from place to place. Just wasn't a good situation for her or the kids. And she rallied around this single mom. Other people came along and began to give. And soon enough, they raised $1,500 in furniture and got her into a new apartment that qualifies for Section 8 so that in the future, she'll be able, she'll have some assistance in the future. And, and what? Because of a dream? Because God put a dream in her heart and said, what if... What if we could do this for this person? What if we could help? What if we could be a blessing? And I'm just telling you, God wants to put dreams in your heart too. Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. So, so I had a dream to plant this church in 2007. Fast forward, here we are today. I had a dream that one day I want to start a leadership academy because I believe that, that the distance between where we are right now and where God has called us to be it will include buildings and funding and all of those things, but it will include leaders. We've got to have leaders. We've got to have people who will roll up their sleeves and say, I feel a call to lead in the local church and to, to be an influence in the local church. And so we started the Leadership Academy in 2020. And this past Wednesday, we had another 30 students at a preview night ready to say, hey, I'm, I, want to, I want to be what God's called me to be. I've, I've had a dream because I know the gap from where we are to where God's called us to be requires leaders. I've had a dream. What if we could start a college at City Hope one day? What if we could have our own college where people get a, they get a degree, young people, 18 to 24-year-olds, they can come to, to college at City Hope, they can get a degree, they get practical experience, and they can be put into ministry. And so I'm excited to announce that this fall we launch SEU at City Hope Church. Southeastern University at City Hope Church this fall. We've, we've got, and if you're, it's for 18 to 24-year-olds who feel a call to the ministry. God's tugging at your heart. You know there's more for your life. You scan this QR code, go to our church center app, go to cityhopefamily.com slash register because God is moving among our young students. I'm telling you, he's working in their hearts. In fact, uh, the young man who did the welcome today, that's my first son. And he's also the first one who said, I'm going to SEU at City Hope Church. I have a call to ministry. I'm going to chase that. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to be what he's called me to be. And I'm, I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Because we, it's a dream in my heart. And God is working. He's working it out. Here's the, here's the thing I want you to know about, about um, the dream team. Okay? The dream team is not here to fulfill the dreams in my heart. The dream team is here to fulfill the dreams in your hearts. That's what it's for. 
That's what it's for. It's not about just doing whatever Pastor Ben tells us we ought to do. No, no, it's about whatever God puts in your heart. How can we come together? How can we, how can we help each other fulfill the dreams? And I'm telling you, when we do that, God pours his spirit out. It's a, it's a sign that his spirit's being poured out. So are you dreaming, okay? And here's, here's how you pray it. Lord, let me see what you see so that I can pursue all that you have for me. Let me, let me see what you see so that I can pursue all that you have for me. I got to hurry because I just love talking about this, but we don't have all day. Um, Jabez prays after that. He says, Lord, bless me, enlarge my territory. And then he says, let your hand be upon me. Well, why would he pray for the hand of God to be on him? Here's why. Because what God's asking you to do is bigger than you. You can't do it on your own. You, you can't fulfill what God's called you to do. You're going to be in over your head. You're going to be in over your head, and, and that's why you pray, number three, for God's presence. God, I need your presence in my life. I need your presence in my life. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to expand my territories. Lord, give me influence, but Lord, I'm going to need you because I can't do it without you. I can't do this without you. Acts 11 says that the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Let me tell you, church, what God's doing here, what's happening here is because the Lord's hand is upon us. And the reason a lot of people are turning to the Lord is because the Lord's hand is upon us. That's why. And we need his presence and we need his power. And I give all the glory to God for what he's doing here because I know who I am. I know who I am. I can't do it on my own. I'm a C student at best. Tell my boys, they come home with C's, uh, B's, I'll say, I never met a B in my life. Right? I made C's. D's and F's. And if I'm honest with you, I get intimidated about what God's called me to do. It's scary. It's bigger than I know how to do. And I thank God he's given me coaches. I have men in my life. You get to hear them preach here every year. Men in my life who are a voice. They, they have a vote in my life, but they have veto power in my life. And they, men who coach me and they lead me. And, and I, I join cohorts and learning experiences because I, I've never been here before. I don't, I don't know. How, it's scary. It's intimidating. And that's, that's why I need God's anointing in my life. I need his power because I can't do it on my own. I need him to give me supernatural power to do what he's called me to do. And, and every Sunday, I stand right back here behind this curtain. You're welcome to go see it. It's actually on either side of the platform. You're welcome to see it after the service. But there's two signs back there, and I put my hand on one of them. Every week's my game day sign. And it just says, it's a privilege to be on this platform thank you for choosing me and I pray and I ask God I did it after the, before this service the last service I'll do it before the next service thank you for choosing me God I don't have to do this I'm honored that you chose me for this but I'll go anywhere and I'll do anything I'm not attached I, I want to be what you've called me to be do what you've called me to do but as long as you've called me here and I'm going to be here a long time I'm, I, I'm not doing it without you 
I need you. I don't want to walk out on that platform without you. I need your presence. And that's why Moses said, Lord, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. He said, if, you're, if your presence does not go with us, don't send me up from here. And God actually honored this prayer. He said, okay, I like that. Most of my life, I've um, I felt worthless. I felt inadequate, like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I didn't have what it, what it takes. I'm just a nobody. I think a lot of that comes from my, my food, my family of origin that I, I grew up. 